And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on uh, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., and we are also here Mondays uh, at 1 a.m., streaming live at richarddugan.com. We also podcast these programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations. So I hope that you will avail yourself of the podcast. I also hope that you will avail yourself of the opportunity to go to our guest's website. We'll give you our guest's website here shortly so that you can continue your evolutionary process. It's really what this is all about. It's We're talking about evolution, not just of the planet. It's going to change and move and all of those good things regardless. But ours, our evolutionary process, how are we going to uh, move forward into the coming decades and centuries as a species? Uh, some would say, are we going to make it uh, into the coming decades and centuries? Uh, we'll, we, you know, all we can do is do our very best and hope, hope for the best. Uh, so we certainly hope that you will go to our guest website. And, you know, if you like what we are doing, you like the guests we're bringing to you and you'd like to support the work we're doing here. We would love to hear from you financially. We have a PayPal and Patreon account for your security as well as ours. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have and those who will. I cannot thank you enough. I would spend the entire show thanking you. Um, and uh, uh, just it's, it's just greatly appreciated. It goes a long way, whatever amount. And believe it or not, we'll take energetic support as well. Well, today's program, I know you're going to enjoy. We could use this information, this topic, this time of the, uh, uh, this this time in our history, as it were. Although I have to say that uh, it's kind of weird to say it that way because we're actually uh, in a, a time of present. We're not at this moment as you're listening to this program. It isn't history yet. Uh, instantaneously, seconds later, it is. But right now, it's not. Right now, it is the present moment. And in this present moment, we are going to talk with a lovely lady who is going to share with us about how to shine brighter every day. You want to nourish your body. Uh, you want to feed your spirit and balance your life, especially in this 2020, the year of perfect vision, when I have been encouraging you, we've been encouraging you on this program to go within, to find the answers that you need, to find the calm and the peace. But, you know, there can be a huge distraction to that. And that huge distraction can be your health, physically, mentally, emotionally, emotionally, and spiritually. And uh, Donna Moore is going to share uh, with us how to shine brighter every day. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. It's great to have you with us. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. You know, it's it's very interesting uh, to talk about health on this program uh, when we do. And it's not every week, it's not every program, but we do have quite a number of programs where our guests will share with us their insights into our health and well-being. And you and I chatted in, I guess, what could be called a pre-interview uh, about the necessity for good health. I remember 
in in dealing with certain uh, uh, health subjects back many years ago when I was doing sp- a lot of that uh, outside of the program, Tell Me Your Story, this was going back 10 or 15, 20 years ago. They would say that uh, if you have your health, you have everything. Uh, they've also said, too, that if your feet hurt, your whole body hurts. And they, they chose a particular uh, condition, if you will, aching feet. Uh, because if you can't walk, and I've experienced that uh, over the years here in Santa Barbara, where uh, if my gout were to flare up, I couldn't walk. And I hated that because I love walking to the beach. That's really where exactly. you come from philosophically, isn't it? That your health, you, you, can, you can lose everything else. But if you lose your health, it doesn't matter what you have. Is that about right? That, that is exactly right. How'd you come I to mean, this think insight? About it. You could live in the most beautiful country in the world. You could live like on the beach house, but not be well enough to leave the house. You could live in the most beautiful house, you know, with a palace. But if you don't have the health to enjoy or you can't breathe well or you, you can't walk well or anything, you don't have a vehicle to actually enjoy anything through. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's something that I've, I've encountered along my path in teaching health is, and and I, I have it a lot with younger people, that health has become like this taboo that only, f- you know, famous actresses or women above the age of 50 that are fancy and that do Pilates and are like upper aged, I mean, upper class, mm-hmm. um, are into health because they want to live forever or they want to look younger. But health is not only for those people. And I find it a a lot that younger people think it's actually not even cool to be healthy. And that is one of my biggest missions is really to kind of change the perspective of how young people, how these young adults see health or anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Health is, is, and it's got to be the coolest thing you ever do, any of us ever do, because it is the only way in which through we can enjoy anything else, like you just said. And I think that's that's such an important thing to really understand in ourselves. Like, what does health mean to me? And it could mean being able to travel and or ride a bike for hours on end or go for a walk. Like you said, just go for a walk. You know, we don't realize we take everything our body does for granted. And we don't realize in how many seconds it can be gone. And what's going on right now, you know, with COVID is actually a good wake up call for us to realize that. Our health is our biggest asset, really, isn't it? It is. And it is said that uh, there will be those who will contract the virus. Uh, we've already had, as, our, as of our conversation, over 100,000 citizens uh, die of this, uh, of this or related conditions that were exacerbated by the virus, uh, which is another interesting um, perspective to throw into this mix. Apparently, there was a study done of and this was this is going back to probably early April, maybe mid-April in New York, specifically at that time, the epicenter. And they actually did testing on those uh, who had passed. And ninety nine percent of the individuals who contracted the virus died not from the virus but from pre-existing conditions, which had they taken care of their health 
decades earlier probably would have survived because they wouldn't have had the underlying conditions. And doesn't that go to the heart of what you're talking about in terms of especially this country's health and welfare? Um, you know, the, 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 the percentage of those in this country who are, are obese is growing almost exponentially because of our diet, because of our lack of exercise, maybe because of our technology, because of a lot of reasons. Uh, psychological, yeah. there could be physiological or, or biochemical. Uh, you know, I mean, we just don't know all of the reasons why, but we do know this much, that our diet sure isn't helping us in a lot of instances. Our, would you? I would, I would take what you're saying and take it just a step further and say, it's not our diet that isn't helping. It's the way we think that's not helping uh -huh. because we don't take responsibility for our own health. Oh, no, that's a and dirty I, word. I, that's a dirty word. Don't, don't, you can't use that on this program. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, that is the, the R word is so important. Please continue. So, and I also want to say that for, for those that are listening, I'm actually calling in from Europe today. I'm, currently in Portugal, which oh is such an amazing thing about technology. And, um, and I'm not an American. I am from Israel and South Africa. Um, and I, I live currently, I live in Portugal, which is beautiful. But around the world, like, okay, America's always been this country that has kind of shown us the, the way in, in the good and the bad, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, the country that makes discoveries, but it's also the one that shows us where we're going to go if we don't watch out. Mm -hmm. And but I, I one of the the facts that I discovered in my research is that there are more people suffering from malnutrition due to like as as obese people than there are starving people in the world. And when we realize that, that is like a shocking fact to think, wow, there are more people that eat too much but eat the wrong things and thus suffer from malnutrition then there are people that actually don't have enough food in the world. Is that what we call empty calories? Pardon? Is that what we call empty calories? Exactly. Yeah. And empty calories is something that is useful to understand what it means, but it's also, it's not about calories at all. It's really about how much nutrition, how much, qual like what's the quality of new micronutrients that is in the food you're eating. And when I say micronutrients, we're talking about vitamins, we're talking about minerals because those are the things that actually really support your body to function at its best. Mm. But before we even get to talking about what helps the body function at its best, the most important thing that I like, I, I take the way I approach health is in twofold. The first step is not about improving what you eat. It's not about getting more filled calories, like you say, mm -hmm. it's actually about stopping to intoxicate our body. So most of us don't realize that on a day-to-day -day basis, we're actually clogging the normal functioning of our body so that it doesn't function just normally. And I, I like to use anal anal uh, analogies. Sorry mm -hmm. about that. That's right. I like to use analogies because um, I think it's easier to understand. So I use this example of like, if you have a plant that is growing and every day it's just trying its best to grow normally. It's got its soil and it's got its water. It might not have the best quality soil, which would compare to our food or the best quality water, but it's trying its best to grow with what it is that it has. But every day we hit it. We smack it with like a stick. We smack the plant. 
and we kind of hit it a few times a day, it's going to be really hard for that plant to kind of grow. Even if we improve the quality of the water and the quality of the soil, we keep hitting it, we keep smacking it, we're kind of intoxicating its capacity to just do what it knows how to do best. And even, you know, using the water and the soil that we give it, even if it's not its best, it's going to do its best job. Even if we improve, we can improve the water, we can improve the soil, but we keep hitting it, it's not going to really make a big difference. So when I work with people, I always... Uh, try to find out what it is that they're doing in their life that is actually in speech marks hitting themselves how are they intoxicating their body how are they actually causing their body to not be able to do what it already knows how to do so well and when we stop hitting ourselves we actually can change so much without actually having to improve the quality of our food just by stopping to intoxicate ourselves, there's so much that can happen in your body. And this, I mean, from feeling amazing to feeling uh, energetic to not having uh, bloatedness and all these kind of heaviness that we find in our body, those kind of things kind of just disappear when we stop intoxicating ourselves. And I mean, that's a world to be discovered, but a lot of people don't realize that. You only have to maybe stop one or two things uh, that are harmful for yourself to actually feel so mm -hmm. so much better. Yeah. Water and, is uh, so yeah. Yeah, and water is a major part of that, isn't it? Because we need to be, so to speak, flushing out the impurities and so on and so forth. I mean, our bodies are. I've heard it said, uh, ninety-five percent water. Maybe it's a, l a little bit less than that, um, and and so forth. Uh, but we need that fluid in our systems because if we don't have it then things get they, they things dry out and they and things clog up and they they stop functioning and so forth it would be like not putting motor oil in your internal combustion engine the gasoline's the fuel but the motor oil is the equivalent of the water that keeps things lubricated as well exactly i've got two chapters that talk one, I have a chapter called Taking, Take Out the Trash Every Day. Mm -hmm. And that's really about supporting. Your, our body has five elimination pathways. And it, it's really about supporting those pathways. So the, imagine that they're like rivers. And there's rivers where your body naturally removes junk, mm -hmm. removes like toxic waste that naturally comes from like chemical reactions that happen in the body and just normal normal productive waste that comes out of the body and other toxins that we inhale and that we breathe in and we, that we consume in on, on a natural basis. Um, and those five, those, those different pathways are so important to encourage and to maintain that they're flowing freely. And like you're saying, if you think about a river that has to remove junk or waste, if that river dries up, then there's no way for the, the waste to, to be removed. So definitely it's so important to drink water. Drinking water is actually one of the things you can do for your health that will change so much and you don't have to change anything else. So if you're like one of those people that I don't want to do anything, I don't want to change the way I eat, just by improving the, the amount of water you drink per day will change your life drastically. And you don't even have to worry about the kind of water. So in, in my book, uh, Shine Brighter Every Day, we have a chapter about water and it's called Drink Real Water. But in the beginning of the chapter, I say, you know, we're not going to get tied up about what kind of water to drink just yet. The most important thing first is that you are drinking water every mm -hmm. day, all the time. Yeah. 
for the rest of your life, forever. It's not about <laughs> drinking water today. Oh, I drank so much water yesterday. No, it's about drinking water all day, every day until the till the last day that you're alive. Right. And it's not about drinking like a like a liter or a pint in the morning. Your body can't absorb that much water at once. So you it's really important to be drinking throughout the day. So I have like the beginning of the chapter actually starts with how to make drinking water a part of your everyday routine. And it's quite fun. I've got like a few tips on how to just make it part of your day, like how to make it like, you know, take a have a Spider-Man cup. So it makes you feel like a superhero or uh, if you don't like the flavor of water, put in different kind of put in cucumbers or put in um, orange peel or put in anything that kind of makes it more tangy and gives it another flavor or in the summer put in mint or in the winter put in spices like cinnamon and and orange or things like that or apple slices to give it kind of a flavor but there's all these tips in the chapter in the beginning of the chapter on how to make drinking water a routine mm-hmm. a, a really daily like your best friend like you want to create a love affair with water right and you want it to be one that lasts for the rest of your life and that that is so important. That's much more important than the kind of water you drink. Now, and we were talking about this just before we started this interview that, you know, there's so many kind of comments about what kind of water you're drinking. Yeah. Really, the most important thing is just you should be drinking water. And if you don't know what kind, just drink a little bit of each kind. Like if you know, I've heard that the distilled is good, then drink a bit of distilled, then drink a bit of tap, then drink a bit of this. Just mix it up because if you stick with just one and there is any kind of negative benefits, negative parts of that drinking water, then you're going to accumulate it if you're only drinking that kind of water. So I always keep it simple. In the chapter, there is a whole part where we analyze the benefits of each type of drinking water that is available to us, Mm -hmm. from tap water to distilled to reverse osmosis to filter to carbon filters to all kinds of things. And we go into detail about each one. But again, the most important thing, you know, like if you come to the conclusion that Drinking bottled water is hypertoxic and you're out in the street and you have no access to tap water or anything else other than bottled water. And that's going to mean that you're like not going to drink water because it's bottled (laughs) and you've heard that bottled water is toxic. Mm -hmm. Please take that and put it into another box and forget about it for now. Because the most important thing at the moment is to just be drinking water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It doesn't matter the water you're drinking as long as it's safe to drink, period. It's not contaminated. That's the big issue. It's not contaminated. Uh, Yeah, that's that's important. Now, you said that there were five exit points for the toxins in our bodies. I know that the skin is one through sweating. The skin is one of the biggest, it is our biggest organ of the body, which Mm -hmm. is quite incredible. And we've got the liver, we've got the lungs. We've got the intestines, mm-hmm. and we got the kidneys. And I, I'm going to play something here. Uh, and I, I loved this because uh, a dear friend of mine, a good friend of mine who I work with, he actually, he and another gentleman, they composed this song, and you should be able to hear it. I'm going to play this for you. Uh, and it goes to, quite honestly, what we're talking about uh, in terms of this process. All right? So uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, the song here. I got to go poop. 
got to go poop. All your friends and family, man, you know they got to go poop. All throughout our lifetime, until we pass away. We do our sacred duty, man, most each and every day. The lion got to go poop. The zebra got to go poop. Chickens in the coop, well, you know they got to go poop. It's how the God-made creature eliminate the waste. It's something that we all enjoy, must never, never do in haste. I got wow. to go poop is the title of that song, and I it's actually for that. kids. Oh my god! I, I, you have I, to send me that. I will send that to you. I have to tell you. I'll, as a matter of fact, I'll send you the link to the video. There's, there's uh, animation to this. Uh, when I first heard it, first of all, I was absolutely blown away by the creativity. But I was even more blown away by the subject matter, because there are certain subjects that we we just. If, if depending upon sometimes your sex, uh, certain uh, males do. I don't want to talk about a woman's period or menstruation or the. And then of course there's this is one, but everybody does it. It's like well you know you and I uh, uh, Donna we could sit here and talk about breathing no problem we ah yeah oh that feels good taking in that oxygen and getting rid of the carbon dioxide <laughs> and oh man it's but. Uh, Poop? No, no, no. I, I can't. No, no, no. That's that's a private thing, and then and 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 I, I can't. I can't. There are people who are embarrassed when they're out shopping somewhere. Ah, uh, could you? Uh, excuse me. Could you tell me where the restrooms are? They've got them. Why are you so embarrassed to talk about it? And I'm not sitting here saying, okay, over the dinner table, let's talk about this, okay? But well, I think it's not a bad conversation. Well, I, I, I mean, like you, if you, I don't know the exact page number, but. You are gonna love it, Richard, because okay. I have a whole part in my in chapter nine of de- like the this my favorite chapter, which is take out the trash every day. I have a whole section dedicated, and it's called a word on poo. <laughs> and I have a few chapter, I have a few pages, and I go into this de- into this topic, and I'm like, okay, guys, this is a topic that no one wants to talk about, but let's face it, we need to talk about this. That's right. And. I talk about how we don't really know what's going on in this, oh, we don't really know what's going on inside of our body. Yeah. But poo is one of the best feedback for our health. Mm-hmm. And in Ayurveda, which my my degree is in ancient Indian medicine, it, it there's such a focus on the qualities of your poo to understand where your health is. And in the book, there's a whole little description for the texture, the odor, the color, the consistency. Like, what should it look like? You know, healthy poo shouldn't smell that bad. Mm -hmm. And healthy poo shouldn't actually dirty your toilet. Right. It should just pass right through. And there's all these kind of details. And it's such a great feedback. Imagine every day you have a chance to have, like, a doctor's appointment about your health that doesn't cost you anything, is free, and it's private. You just have to look backwards. That's all that's involved. Mm-hmm. You just have to look backwards and you just have to be aware and be like, okay, so today it's smelling kind of strong. So that means I did something yesterday or in the last few days that was too much for my body to take. And this is kind of like the conversation that I really talk about that we need to start with our body. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I love talking about poo, but on <laughs> special occasions, obviously. Sure. And I absolutely love that, that, that music. So my mom's from Africa and 
I love that. Like, you guys can't see me, but I was, like, jingling away and, like, oh, my God, you got to go poop, like the zebra <laughs> and the lion. I love that. Oh, my God, that was so There are cool. two more verses to that, so too, by I'm the way. Definitely, uh, I'm definitely going to use that, yeah. that that video. I really like yeah. it. There are two more verses to that song, too. Uh, who knows? Amazing. Maybe we'll, we'll play the rest of it later. Uh, and yet, at the same time, when you talk about this, uh, and, of course, jokes are made about uh, urination. And, of course, oh, yeah, you had asparagus, did you? If you're standing there at the funeral, guys or or gals, what have you, you can. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so you're 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 absolutely right. And this actually goes to another point that I find interesting and in drawing animals into this. We have learned how to utilize various species of animals to detect certain diseases, specifically dogs, but not exclusively. They can sniff out cancer. Do you know they're training dogs now to sniff out the coronavirus, people who might be infected, before any no wow. yeah, before any testing is done. And I don't know what the statistics are yet. I don't know how successful that is. Um, but I mean, a, 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 a coronavirus stick, sniffing dog going through an airport, a train station, a bus terminal, walking up and down the street and just checking, oh, you know, okay, we're going to test you because the dog has picked you out. Uh, You know, you haven't done anything wrong. We're just, you know, hey, we're just trying to keep the spread of of this thing uh, contained as much as possible. It's fascinating how, uh, and this is something I've said, I want you to dive into this, and that is this. I firmly believe, not to say that I've learned all the lessons, because there are so many to learn, Nature is our greatest teacher. Your thoughts? I don't. I don't know what to say after that. Like, <laughs> does anyone have any doubts? Oh yeah. Oh, um, there are a lot um, of people who are just not buying into what's happening to the planet. And I, first of all, let me throw out climate change. I don't talk about that. I talk about. Shouldn't we take care of and clean up the home that we live in? Forget about the ramifications. Just do it. And now with coronavirus and what we have been experiencing in nature, the first uh, example was the the uh, the canals of Venice cleared up. And what was it? The whales and or dolphins came back after 500 years. I mean, Pardon my me. goodness. Look how quickly she bounced back in that respect. Are we going to learn yeah. the lessons that she's teaching us so that we can remember to take care of this beautiful home that we've been given to, to take care of and look after? I can, I can share a, a, a really special story that's very dear to me. Um, when I was a teenager, I, I started losing a part of my eyesight. And I also started to see the world in a different way. And I, I started to get quite upset about the way we, we were as human beings. I saw that a lot of the values that I really valued, like honesty and justice and transparency, were being lost in the people that I saw around me. And for silly reasons of politics or popularity or whatever mm-hmm. people thought were important. And... I was quite upset with the world, like with the universe. I was like, this is not a place that I want to be living in. And when I, I kind of thought that I had to save the world when I was like third, 14, 15. I started having this stress that I had to, like, how was I going to help the world be better? And I went to, um, I love dolphins. I have always, I'm like a dolphin chaser in a very 
respectful form, but I love dolphins. I, I will go to different parts of the world when I have the chance to swim with dolphins. And I went to Hawaii alone when I was 16 years old. I was very courageous, a little nervous, but I went to Hawaii to do this this whole program of connection and swimming with dolphins, and it was super amazing. But I was actually, I landed in Hawaii on the big island when two, a, a month after Pele. So for those of you that are not familiar, but Pele is the goddess of the island of Hawaii. And she is kind of like Mother Nature. She's the, She takes care of the Hawaiian islands. And the volcano started to erupt. She is the volcano. Pele is the volcano. So she created the islands. And she started to erupt. So the volcano started to erupt on Mother's Day. It was like in May, I think. And because um, I'm not familiar with American Mother's Day. Uh, but it was on Mother's Day and it started to erupt. And it was oozing. And it, I was there like in June or July and... I went to see the volcano and it was just incredible. I saw the power of Mother Nature. Like the lava had just spread over the street. Everything wow. that man builds, like the lava just kind of spreads over. And it gave me the sense of calm and tranquility. Like, Donna, don't worry. Like, you don't have to save the world. You need to work on your own plate and take care of your own like issues in life. And just be an example. The, the mother nature is taking care of things mm -hmm. in her way. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we don't realize the power of mother nature. We don't realize the power of the universe. We, we think, you know, God has, not God, sorry, man has almost placed itself as God. We mm -hmm. think we have the power to do anything. And I think this virus is a kind of a good wake-up call to realize, well, we can do everything. I have a, an, an incurable eye condition and people are usually like, well, isn't there a cure? I'm like, no, there is no cure. Like, I just have to live this way. I have to make do with what I can see. Mm -hmm. And and um, sometimes we don't realize that we are not almighty. You know, we, we, we live in a world where we've become kind of the, we control a lot of the world and we dictate who should live where according to other animals, like in respect to other animals. Um, humans have kind of become this this concept of God in their own eyes only. And sometimes it's useful to realize that we are part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming back to your question about nature, so I always wanted to understand how I could, un I wanted to understand my body better and understand how everything that I was doing was affecting my own body. And I wanted to like master that. I wanted to, be able to feel good and, and control that. And I'd like to say that to everyone that's listening. Health is your choice. It's a choice. It's not a you're not a victim because you got unhealthy or you have a disease. It has been proven in universities and in studies that all genetics can be kind of erased or uh, you know reversed, um, just changing by changing calorie intake. So if you change the way you live. What is, what is genetic is the way you eat and live. So your parents had a disease, you do exactly what they did, and then you get the disease. Mm -hmm. That's what's genetic. Yeah. But if you live a different way than they do, if you eat differently, if you think differently, then you are not going to get that disease. So health is a choice. And nature is such a perfect example of how life was created. You know, in nature, everything is balanced. You know, there is something that creates oxygen that 
something else takes up the oxygen and creates carbon dioxide and something there's a cycle for everything nothing is made in 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 an imbalance and the science of ayurvedic medicine which is the foundation of what i studied and what i kind of how I bring myself to the world and how I introduce all the people I work with in a very simple way is to understand what how nature plays inside of your body. And if you have any interest in this, it's my the last chapter of my book actually brings, introduces you to Ayurveda and to the concept. In the introduction, I talk about it and Ayurveda comes in and out through my, it's like weaved into my whole book and into the whole approach that I that I present. Um, but it really shows you the power. Ayurveda is one of the oldest medicines in the world. It's more than 10,000 years old. And it is the only medicine that in its country, which is India, there are as many hospitals of Ayurvedic medicine today as there are conventional medical hospitals. And why? Because it actually works. So it's not like in in many countries you have like the traditional natural medicines and then you have like thousands thousands of hospitals and clinics no in india you have almost the same amount of ayurvedic hospitals as allopathic conventional medical hospitals mm. and it really really works and it really changes the way you understand and what i love most about ayurveda and most about nature is if you understand your own nature you will prevent disease and that is really what i do in my book i celebrate like, for example, I think that biology should be compulsory for everyone. If we learned about how much effort our liver made just to keep us feeling good, if we understood what our kidneys did just to filter water, if we understood what went through in our body, we would all be celebrating the amazingness of our body. Our liver is one of the most amazing organs that I've ever come across in my whole life. It's my favorite organ. It is amazing the amount of tasks it does. It is a powerhouse. And if we knew how hard it worked just to do what it is expected of it to do without any extra toxins, mm -hmm. we would be so much more careful about the way we live. Because we would be like, oh my God, that's going to be bad for my liver. And I know how hard it works. So mm -hmm. I want to protect it yeah. as much as possible. I think no. life would be so much better if everyone had a little bit of a clue more of a clue of what actually goes on inside. And that is nature. We are nature. We are made from nature. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we come from a little seed. We don't, we were not made in a, in a laboratory. We were not made by a man. Mm -hmm. We, it like, it's a miracle that each of us are alive. Yeah. We are made, imagine like yeah. a seed. And then there's like the seed just grows and then suddenly a baby comes out and yeah. you're like, Whoa, that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. So if we have like a little bit, we, I think we need a little bit of humility in ourselves to realize that we don't know as much as we think we do. And I like asking people like, you know, where's your liver? And do you know, do you know where, do you know what these things are? And, and people start realizing that there's so much that we don't know about ourselves Yeah. and we are nature. So if we don't know our own nature, how can we really master the way we feel in life? Yeah. The other part and of I think the, the way we feel, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was the say, way we the other, feel is basically is the foundation of everything. Yeah. The Sorry, other part of ahead. the liver is uh, it regenerates. You can donate a portion of your liver to someone else if you're a match, but your liver, liver, if I'm not mistaken, it'll grow back. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and that's that's a good point. Yeah. And you can live on. They say you can live on one kidney, if you wanted to donate yes. a kidney to someone who's losing the function of theirs. 
you can live. Now, there will be those who say, yeah, but now you only have one. What happens if something goes wrong? Well, look, I've lived a pretty darn healthy life. Uh, I, think I, can, uh, I, I think I can risk it because uh, I'm doing good things here. I'm thinking well. You know, just like what you were talking about thinking. We're talking with the author of Donna Moore of uh, Shine Brighter Every Day. Donna Moore is my guest. We're talking about nourishing your body, feeding your spirit, and balancing your life. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story in 2020, the year of perfect vision. And I really hope you will stay with us. We have more to come in part two of this extraordinary conversation with Donna Moore. We'll give you her website in just a moment here on Tell Me Your Story. Welcome back to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thanks for staying with uh, me and Donna Moore. We're talking about the work that she is doing uh, as far as her health is concerned. And uh, Shine Brighter Every Day is the title of the book. And we also uh, are going to tell you that the website in this uh, in this program is Donna Moore, D-A-N-A-H-M-O-R. Dot com And I thank you so much, Don, for staying with us here on the program for uh, the second part. I also wanted to touch upon what you said about your deteriorating vision. Uh, my story actually starts where yours may end up. I was actually born legally blind. And uh, as a kid growing up, you know, I had the surgeries. I wore the bottle bottom thick glasses. I carried around large print books. I used to listen to uh, what they call audio books today. I was listening to talking books and recordings for the blind. So this is not something new, ladies and gentlemen. I've been doing this since I was a kid 50, 60, uh, 50, 55 years ago. So, you know, don't think that this is some new innovation. This is this. How do you think I found out about my primer, the autobiography of a yogi? And I've been listening to that book over and over again for the last uh, 45 or so years or more. Um, but uh, uh, some years ago in 1996, I had a lens implant in my right eye. I also lost the vision in my left eye due to glaucoma, but. I didn't have that much vision there in the first place, and it wasn't the eye that I counted on. I, I didn't rely on it at all. And boom, and here I am. I'm actually driving now. Now, here's the question I have for you, and this goes to biology. This goes maybe to science a little bit, and maybe we can talk about this in the context of Ayurvedic uh, uh, health and well-being and so forth. It is said that our bodies regenerate the trillions of cells that make up our physical being roughly every seven years. Uh, right. So let's see. Uh, let's see. I got a new body back in, uh, uh, let's see, 2016. <laughs> I'll have another new body in 2000, I think, 23. Uh, so, um, but here's the perplexing part. If you were to cut uh, uh, cut your hand with a, a knife within a few weeks it will heal up and you will not even notice there was ever a cut there other than in your memory because the cells regenerated back to their original state but I have glaucoma in my left eye 
it has been regenerated at least, what, eight times? Yeah, eight times, going on nine. And yet it still has the glaucoma. What's up with that? Why is it that my eye has not regenerated back to healthy cells? Uh, that To me, that's always been perplexing that certain cells will regenerate back to their original, like our skin. Maybe there's more plasticity there. Whereas other organs or body parts won't. Um, do we, can, can we go down that road at all? Is there any explanation as to why the cells of some parts go back to their original form and others just keep regenerating what is there now? Well, there's a very, there's a very interesting topic that you're bringing up. Um, the scientific reason has got to do with well, I'm not a specialist in this, so I might be saying something wrong. But what I do know is there is DNA coding that will then inform your cell. Like your, if you have a cut, a scar that keeps on being created, mm -hmm. you, your body is giving information to the cells there. Like it needs to recreate the scar tissue instead of recreating new skin, which it could do. Okay. So that has got to do with like the coding that gets created. And like in, you're saying, like in your eye, um, your body is recreating the same problem all the time. And that's something that I asked myself when I was quite young. And one of the reasons I love dolphins so much is because I always, like dolphins have eyesight, but they have sonar sight too. And when I was young, I, I used to go to a dolphin reef in Israel and there was a dolphin called Dana and she had one eye that was blind. Now, my condition only came out when I was 14 years old in my teenage years. So at the time, I didn't know that I was going to have an eye issue. Mm -hmm. um, but she was she had one eye blind, but she was fine because she had sonar vision. And I always talk about the capacity of the healing touch of vibration, like sound therapy and all that kind of stuff that can awaken cells. And I also believe very, very deeply, but this is something very personal, so I, I don't teach this, but something very personal to me that we can go deep into the connection of our own body. And, and kind of this is something that I think that it's not something that anyone of us can do, and I think you have to create a really, really special connection with yourself, a very deep one, that I, I believe in, in some way that we can go into that communication and tell our body to actually create new skin and not reproduce the scar tissue or create the proper cells and not the glaucomic cells. Um, I think that is possible. I think anything is possible, really. I think that, well, I, we know that life and everything around us is only vibration. And that is scientific for all the skeptics out there. It is scientific <laughs> fact that a cell is energy, neutrons and protons mm -hmm. wrapped around with that have electrons wrapped around them. And the electrons are basically floating. So every single cell is just made up of floating, 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 everything's floating, everything is just vibrating. And there's more, there are things that are more dense and things that are less dense. And that's why you can touch a chair or, or a table because it's more dense, but everything is vibration. Every single thing is vibration. And um, so in, if you go if you go down that road, it's a whole world, I think, that can be discovered. And 
I think we in in our world that we live in, in the society that we live in, we don't focus enough on that. You know, a lot of people, okay, so what are the real effects of mobile phone radiation? What are the real effects of spending that much time on a screen? There are, I'm I'm very sure that there are a lot of effects that we as human beings haven't been able to explain yet. And if we are aware of any, we're not telling talking about them because business is more important than the well-being sometimes. And I say that carefully because, you know, a lot of people don't want to realize that, but that is the truth that we face every day. Why are there certain products being sold that are completely toxic? How come Roundup was sold for so long and still gets used and it, it has already killed so many people? Pesticides and things, all these things, we know that they're toxic, yet they still get sold because there's more money in it than there is taking it off the market. So in our very rapid functioning world, uh, I think it would be great to spend some more time connecting to the inner side, inner part of our body. Mm-hmm. And I do bring, I do do bring that into the book in a very soft way, because I do hope that my book touches, like my target is really people that don't know too much about this world or haven't had the possibility or the opportunity to really dive into that world. So I have to bring it in a soft way. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> people are, you know, some sometimes people are scared by the idea that you can change everything in your life. And yeah. that that's scary because it's better. It's sometimes safer to just think that, no, no, no. The government is taking care of us and everything we know is what we know. No, there's so much we don't know. Yeah. And there's so much we know that we don't know. The more we discover, the more we know we don't know. <laughs> Isn't that the paradox? And I what, love I, that. what I, love I find that. interesting, too, uh, is in uh, when, when we have situations such as what have developed here on this planet uh, here in 2020, the year of perfect vision. I'm sorry, it's trademarked and I'm going to have to keep mentioning it. Um it's it literally is forcing us, whether we like it or not, to change, uh, to change the way we live, uh, how we travel, where we travel, how we eat, where we eat, on and on and on. The list goes on. Uh, I will say that when this all started and I started hearing stories back in December and, and then in January, um. I was thrilled, not at the prospect of of human loss, loss of human life, but that when the decision was made to shut things down, I said, hooray, finally, we're doing something different. I mean, wasn't it Einstein who said uh, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? And I have to tell you, Donna, that for 40 plus years, I have been advocating When the influenza rolls around, shut down the airlines for two weeks. No more than two weeks, because by the time those two weeks are up, it's pretty much died out. But do we do that? No. But we did with this because there were enough people who were, I guess, concerned and worried and scared uh, about the spread. And, of course, it didn't help. Uh, We we shut the, the airlines down a little too late. We did a lot of things too late, especially in this country. And and that's the problem, I think, that we have in this country, the arrogance to think that we have all of the answers and no other countries and no other peoples have uh, have answers. Uh, and that's to, yeah. to me, that's it's like you're saying, you know, the more questions, the more questions we get answered, the more questions come. We don't even bother asking the questions 
and we don't give a damn about the answers, we will solve the problem ourselves because there's that independent streak that 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 runs up and down the, the spine of, of just about every person on, on in this country. And that's great. I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, poo pooing that if you if you don't mind the pun. Uh, but what I'm saying is we need to open our eyes to the fact that there are other people on this planet who have solutions. Uh, there are certain people down through history who have gotten patents on products. They got patents on these products because they got to the patent office before someone other than an American got there. And uh, that's the only reason, I think, why Marconi, for example, he is credited as inventing, uh, inventing radio. Because whoever it was in Europe that, that came up with it didn't get to the patent office in time. And so on and so forth. But anyway, uh, that aside, um, that that seems to be what Mother Nature tends to do. We've had wildfires here in the southwest and here in California and Santa Barbara on the central coast. We had a mudslide a couple of years back that just about took out one of the small towns along the coast here. I know that around the world you have these, I mean, Australia, look at Australia and their wildfires. I know you folks yeah. in Europe, heat waves and, yeah. and these different things. This is, long, this is way before coronavirus. And it then forces us to change. I'm, I've been excited about this whole process and I get weary over the negativity. I, I, I have to stop watching and listening and, and so forth because it wear, just listening to the stuff or being around it can wear you out. Oh, man, yeah. it can just wear you out. The, the coolest thing about health for your body is, and I, I actually say that, I say if you're not interested in being healthier for your body, that's fine. But change for other people then make the change inspired by the future children that are going to come live on this planet mm. or for other people that you imagine that are going to inhabit 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 yeah, right sorry about that that's correct. inhabit the planet and and if you don't care about yourself that's fine but then make the choices for other people and be inspired for other people motivate yourself do the make do these make make these changes for other people then and the coolest thing about this all is what is healthier for your body is healthier for the planet. And that is the most cool thing ever because you don't have to make a choice. You just have to realize that everything that's better for you is better for the planet. So there's nothing to think about twice. All you have to do is get the book and start reading it <laughs> because there's so much stuff that we don't know. And if we knew a little bit, we would be so much more excited about making tiny little changes. And it's not about becoming religious. It's not about becoming vegan. It's not about like throwing out everything you love, all the kind of foods, or stop doing everything you love doing. It's really about understanding and getting, making it, creating a better relationship with yourself mm -hmm. or with the, with the planet. Yeah. But really about re creating a better relationship with yourself so that you actually start caring about what you do. And when you do that, it's not, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, how can you make all these restrictions? Well, it's not about making restrictions. When you realize the effect that certain things have on your body, and this book takes you through it really in a fun way, because I have three mantras. My first mantra is joy. Everything has to be fun and joyful. My second mantra is food has to taste absolutely delicious, no matter what. Mm -hmm. There are no exceptions. And number three is it has to fit into your life. 
it's not that you have to do like acrobatics to then become healthy. No, it has to just fit in your life. And if in your life right now, that's, you can only do one thing, then that's what you do. And you do that for one month, two months, one year. And after one year, you're going to be like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. And if over 10 years, you are getting better each time, then you are on the perfect path. It's not about being perfect tomorrow. No one becomes an athlete overnight. It's really about creating health is for the rest of your life. Yeah. You don't want to get ill. You don't want to be stopped. You don't, you're, we are all working so hard nowadays to, to save money for what? If you're going to be ill and you won't even be able to enjoy your life, why did you come to this planet? Mm-hmm. We're here because we have something to learn. And one of the most important, one of the vehicles to really learning about yourself is to actually start being kind to yourself. And being kind to yourself is doing, acting in ways that are beneficial to your heart, not to your mind, but to your body. And your body has all the answers. And there is no food that is forbidden unless your body says so. And in order for you to understand what foods those are, you need to start having a conversation with your body. And one of the conversations is learning to understand how you feel, what does this mean, what's the language that my body talks, and understanding like what what poop actually looks like and what it means when it comes out and what does this mean? And so the first chapter of my book is listen to your body. It's all done in a very fun way. I, I don't like long, long ongoing texts. So the book is all like really, really practical and fun and exciting and like mm-hmm. charts and tables and drawings and all kinds of illustrations and pictures. It's very colorful and it's really meant to bring you into um, an excited mode about yourself like if if i could do one thing in life is to get you excited about yourself and help you realize that you are the most important thing that matters your health and the way you feel is the most important thing you could there are so many instagrammers and bloggers nowadays and all these like famous girls that are on 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 social media and with thousands and thousands of followers and they have they don't if you ask them like all their pictures are amazing they all look amazing Mm-hmm. And very few of them actually feel good. And like, what what would you want in life to to be the most amazing? Like to look the most amazing or to feel the most amazing? Yeah, you know that's what's also interesting. Um, and and don't misconstrue this, folks. But I have a real hard time <laughs> with watching some of these programs that feature some of these people. Um who are models, who are actresses, who are this or that or the other. It's one thing if you're doing it for a part. But some of these gals, I want to scream at the TV saying, eat something, damn it. Your bones, I can see them. This is ridiculous. Uh, That is not healthy. Any more than obesity is healthy. Carrying too little weight or too much is is just not healthy. And yet at the same time, you know, I get that there are some folks who have biochemical imbalances they have psychological issues that they're dealing with they have those body image uh issues that they're dealing with i get all that um but there are some who don't and yet they seem to think that um the thinner if i can get into i don't even know what a a zero size is i don't even know what that is to me it's there's no clothing zero is zero there's nothing there but zero apparently is a size and i don't you know um, and that's one of the things, too, that I think is really running rampant right now. I don't know how this is going in Europe, 
But I will tell you, and I'm sure you've seen the news, uh, we have had an incident, uh, as of our conversation, we've had an incident in this country that has just caused people to go nuts. Now, I'm not saying that they have no right to be upset and angry. They absolutely certainly do have that right. But to go out and riot and destroy things, I'm trying to figure out how that helps, how that fixes the injustice that they feel. I, I just don't get that. I've ne- I never have. Uh, but um, what about this aspect of being asked to stay home, don't go to work, stay away from one another, especially six feet? Uh, to me, that is, I understand why it's being done. I'm not opposed to it by any means. My wife's been furloughed since March 18th. She's supposed to go back to work on the 31st of July. This cannot be healthy for us, both physically, mentally, let alone emotionally and spiritually over the long term, can it? Yeah, you, you talk you talk about the the girls and I just want to go back to sure. that, what you were saying about the girls. There's a lot of people that live um, from the outside in, you know, it's about what do they think about me? Am I the right size? Do I look good? Am I going to be accepted? And all of this is really going to the the lost connection that we as human beings we've lost the connection as human beings we're no longer human beings we are almost robots robots that look to be accepted by others what about how we feel about ourselves when we go to bed at night we need to look in the mirror and want to go to bed with the person that we're seeing in the mirror if we don't want to go to bed with that person which is us and what i mean go to bed is like be in harmony with mm-hmm, that person mm-hmm. We are not on the right page. So um, health for me is so much more than what we might paint a picture of it. It is really the acceptance of who you are and actually loving yourself, liking yourself. Forget loving. Just you need to like yourself. Yeah. And and that comes to your mental state. So I always say like the way I approach health is not a diet. It's not a lifestyle. It's really a state of being. And if you don't have this state of being in balance, forget everything else that comes next. So for example, with someone that's anorexic that has like the wrong body image, you know, she looks in the mirror, she's super skinny, but she actually thinks she's fat. It's not about food that you're going to talk about. We're going to talk about something so much deeper because what happened in your life that you thought you were not good enough and that someone else had to tell you if you were good enough or not. Because you might be thinner than you are now, but who says that that's going to give you the sense of being good enough? Yeah. And I think so many relationships end as well. Like nowadays, you know, divorce rates are so high. And I think so many people were the most connected we've ever been technologically, but yeah. we are the most disconnected as human people than we've ever been. There's so much disconnection to others, but the most to ourselves. You know, life is so fast and consumption is so, the consumption, the consumer society has become so evolved and it's almost like they want to keep us there because as long as you don't really have a relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. you feel empty you're going to keep buying stuff to get in instant satisfaction but if you actually have a relationship with yourself that that need of buying stuff instantly might not even be there so i have my own you know thoughts of why things are the way they are Mm -hmm. but on our on an independent level we all have the power to change our own life and we don't need to be we, it, it, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to be different from the crowd. But we have, we do owe it to ourselves to just stop and look in the mirror. 
and just be like, do I like myself? And what do I want to change about myself? And realize that your body is there to support you. The body is very forgiving. The body regenerates all the time. The body takes the whole body, like you were saying, Richard, mm -hmm. takes seven years. But each organ has a different amount of time. There are things that take seven, seven days. Mm. And consciousness doesn't even take time. It's out of time. Consciousness is milliseconds. If you have an aha moment, your life will change. And you can never go back to where you were. Because consciousness is not reversible. So the minute you open up to the possibility of getting to know yourself better, you are on for a ride just only towards joy, more joy. I say the only thing that takes you to joy and, and, and actually happiness is when you are conscious. And when you realize that you can change everything in your life. We are not trees. We don't, we're not stuck. We can move, can change and change is the only thing that should be constant in life. And I love Einstein. His, his quotes are amazing. He says, how if you always did what you've always done, then you'll always get what you always got. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why are we surprised that, that we feel, you know, we don't feel better or we, you know, we need to be evolving. The world is evolving. We as human beings need to be evolving every single day. And you can consider yourself, I don't know if this is too strong to say on this, on this podcast, but we can consider ourselves dead if we are not evolving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We have, we have become, we have become a robot. If we are not evolving, we are, we have become an electronic robot and our consciousness is actually Uh, one of my favorite writers is Yuval Noah Harari. He talks about these topics in, in a beautiful way. But if we, if we, the only real difference between a human and a robot is consciousness. And if we have lost our consciousness, we are no more than robots. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that to so me is also like a, quite extraordinary because it's one of those things that, again, we, we, We think we know what in the Sam Hill we're doing, okay? We think we know what we're doing. Um, and that quote you just gave is, is paramount. One of the things that I've been promoting in addition to uh, 2020, the year of perfect vision, is the fact that um, we must throw away the old paradigm that we've been taught that we must fear and stay away from and do everything humanly possible to make sure that things are static, that things don't change. Change should be feared. Change should be, we sh uh, I, I keep hearing the phrase, in these uncertain times, I ask the question, could you then explain to me, tell me when, give me the dates, when we had certain times, and I don't even have to wait for an answer, I can tell you, we've never, ever, ever, had certain times never because we don't know what's coming from outside our planet we don't know that there isn't a meteor headed our way and that in the middle of our interview here we're done okay we, <laughs> we just don't we don't know uh we need It's to love what you're saying yeah we need to love it we need to embrace it we need to say as george bush said <clears throat> after 9-11 to the you know the perpetrators he said Bring it on, bring it on. And I say, change, bring it on. I may not like it, but I do know this. Things will be different. Yeah. I think, I think that with, I think what, what happens with all of us and 
is that comfort our life life has just become too comfortable um i come from a lineage of holocaust survivors and you know my my grandparents tell me stories and i'm like wow the life we live nowadays is so different you know we have running hot water we have food all year round we don't have any issues like at least in the western world we live in such a comfortable setting yeah. that life is just i think too comfortable that even moving has become an inconvenience. Like you're sitting on the couch and you're like, oh God, I got, I'll got the, the, the chips are in the kitchen. Now I have to stand up and go and get them. You know, whereas like a few years ago, it was like, oh, I have no food. I have to go and hunt. Like imagine that. And we've become so kind of accustomed and everything is so guaranteed in life. And this is what you're saying, like the uncertainty. It's life has always been uncertain. We, as humans, we have kind of imagined that everything is so controlled and we live in such a controlled environment, but really life is uncertain. And when it comes to your health, that is the most uncertain part of everything. Yeah. So it is, it is about taking carpe diem, which is like in Latin is, you know, seize the day, take advantage of every single moment. Nothing is guaranteed. Life is not guaranteed. Like you just said, we don't know what's happening. And even if our government wants to show us that they have everything in control, even though they don't, but they will always try to show us because they want us to relax and keep comfortable so we don't really evolve, so that we are not a nuisance or do any kind of revolutions. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone saying this, but it is easier to control people that are lightly sedated mm-hmm. than to control people that are creative and you know, excited and eccentric and I think it it takes a lot of courage. As I said, I will always say this. I think the most courageous people are the people that really strive to be who they really are. And finding out who you are is one of the biggest adventures you will ever go on. And I think that's one of the biggest things, biggest questions we've come to this world to discover is who are you? Who am I? And and I think it's an exciting journey. And I think change is exciting. Yeah. It's different. It's it's like, wow, you know, life's like a box of chocolates. Like you never know what you're going to get and make the best out of every single moment. Life is not about what you have. You could have everything, but not know how to enjoy it. My favorite so music. It's better to have little yeah. and know how to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. My favorite artist, uh, John Denver, I've quoted him many times on this specific quote about change. And he says in one of his songs, he says, changes somehow frighten me. Still, I have to smile. It turns me on to think of growing old. When I listened to that as a kid, I used to think about that because I thought, yeah, that would be so cool to be up there and then have all this experience in these different areas. And so, of course, I didn't think in terms of, uh, you know, all of the material aspects of being an adult and, and growing <laughs> old and all of that, you know, uh, mortgages and, and, and bills and things of this like. But you know what? All in all, when it comes down to it, I mean, my God, uh, in spite of all of the fears that I've had over my life, uh, especially as an adult, thinking that, oh, this is the end. Oh, God, this is the end. And I'm 60 and it wasn't the end and it still isn't the end. And that's one of the things that I think that we really need to look at. And you're absolutely right. Uh, choice also, uh, th- this whole aspect of of, uh, uh, of change is so important, and we have to make a choice. Are we going to embrace this change that is now upon us, or are we just going to sit around and complain and moan and groan and play the victim again? I mean, my God, in the, in the 80s, when I was in my 20s, 
I went through personal growth programs where that's what we dealt with, victimhood. That was the whole thing. And we would blame our parents for the way we were. That was the, what, what the thero- theology was, if you will, back then. And then, of course, in oh the 90s, God. we heard about codependency. And then uh, we started to work our way into interdependent and understanding, oh, my God, as you used that foul word earlier, rela- uh, uh, responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> you almost <laughs> forgot it. You're like, exactly. Um, Not allowed to say it's it. our it's it, you know, we finally began to realize, oh, my God, it's not my parents. It's not my environment. I'm responsible. And then in this last election here in the United States in 2016, it was like, wait a minute. I don't want to relive the 80s. I don't want to play victim anymore. Get away from me. There is no victim. I'm responsible there. Nobody else did this to me. Uh, my vision, I, I remember when I was uh, 19 and I was still living at home after high, college, uh, after high school, I'm sorry, after high school. And uh, um, I, uh, I said to my mom, I said, look, I didn't label me legally blind. The state did this to me. It's not my fault. It's there. You know, that was where I was. And that was a very short <laughs> window. OK, that was a very short window for me because then I began to realize that, oh, this is uh this is on me. This this is mine. Okay, so what am I going to do with it? And I began to realize that my visual impairment, my legal blindness, was not a disability. It was a perceived limitation. If I chose to let it limit me, hey, then that's on me. And I just I and I acquiesce to the fact that oh hey, this is this is me, and. Technology finally caught up with me, so to speak, in 1996. Uh, we don't know what's around the corner. I mean, your condition, and then again, I don't know what it is. You don't have to tell us, but who knows? Tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, uh, you know, if you're planning on living like me, 100, I have to outlive my great-grandmother who lived to be 100. Um, I got another 40 years. Who knows what technologies are going to come along for my left eye? You know, if if but I was even I even challenged some faith healers back in the 80s when I was working for a Christian station. They wanted to pray for my healing of my vision and they wanted to get it restored. And I said, no, 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 you don't want to do that, because if it's restored, then I go back to the way I was as a kid. (laughs) I said, (laughs) but here was the most important part. And I I told him, I says, you want to pray for me? Fine. But, uh, you know, I'm not giving you permission, but I don't have to. You can do whatever you want. What I realized then and I realize now, my purpose in life is not to be healed. My purpose in life is to do what we're doing here, getting this information out to people so that they understand that they can shine brighter every day. And we encourage people to go to your website as well. We hope that they will go to DonnaMoore.com to find out more about what we're talking about. Donamore, I want to thank you so much for sharing this information with us. I I probably get just as excited about every single program as any other. So it's not like I'm, I'm biased or partial. I'm just excited about the fact that we have you and other folks out there who are trying to make a difference, who are trying to make this world a better place by what you said earlier, by getting to know ourselves. And I thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. I also want to encourage you, should you, uh, when we are allowed to move around a little more freely, it could be another year or so, and that's fine, but we, I'd like to touch base with you again here on the program uh, via Zoom. 
Uh, I'd love to have you back. But, hey, if you're ever in the Santa Barbara area, please look us up. I'd love to have you in studio to continue this conversation. Yeah. It's been awesome talking to you. And um, I think that this is the direction we all need to just – it's baby steps. Mm -hmm. Just little tiny baby steps. Yeah. Get to know yourself better and and start a conversation with yourself. I think so many of us just have never asked ourselves, what's up? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, exactly. I have three final questions for you before we wrap the program. And uh, before we do that, I need to remind our listeners to uh, uh, tune into the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, as well as many other locations that folks are reposting uh, on different locations. Also, go to DonnaMoore.com. That's D-A-N-A-H. MOR.com to get a copy of the book, Shine Brighter Every Day. It's a great book. I mean, my God, even if you just flip through and look at the pictures and the diagrams, I mean, it's just really, really very cool. You can learn about alkaline diets. You can learn about balancing your body. You, I'm just going through protein myths and uh, dismystification, dismystified. Uh, there you go. No longer holy grain. You have to read the book to find out. We need to get food smart. (laughs) And on and on. And what's all the fuss about? Well, we encourage you to pick up a copy of Shine Brighter every day. And again, if you'd like to support the work we are doing, we would be grateful for that. Uh, We have a Patreon and PayPal account on the homepage as well as the missions page. If you'd like to read a little bit more about what we are all about. All right. So I have three final questions for you. And the first is... Who is Donna Moore? Well, um, born in Amsterdam, mom from South Africa, dad from Israel. I grew up in a very multicultural family. Who am I? I am uh, definitely a combination of a lot of different energy of different cultures, which really makes um, the way I see the world in very, very, I think, unique which I have come to learn. I thought it was normal, but as I meet and travel, I realize that I have a unique way of seeing things, and that is what I want to share. Um, I'm passionate about, I love food. I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with everyone, and I love inspiring people to like themselves more. I think we are all super amazing people, and I think most of us don't realize how special we are. And that's one of my missions in life is to really get you as excited as I can about yourself and get you to realize how how much better life can be if you actually like yourself and if you start shining yourself um yeah I don't know I mean I could talk more but I don't want to I don't want to talk too much all right my second question (laughs) what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now I really dream of a world where people don't have chronic discomfort. You know, all these young girls, and it's interesting what you were talking about before, but in Europe, I've been getting a lot of people writing to me saying that they are too thin and that they want to put on weight and they can't put on weight properly, which is very interesting. But more than anything, I think the world would be such just a nicer place to live in if people had a better connection with themselves. So kind of restoring the miseducation that we have with about health and how to take care of ourselves on a daily basis, becoming our own food doctor and our own kind of day-to-day doctor so that you can prevent disease, 
feel amazing every day, wake up in the morning excited about your day and actually conquer your own path because you have the energy too and that your mind is clear enough to do so. So that is really what I would love for the world and for myself, I guess, too, like finding peace and happiness with who I am and learning to accept all the different parts about me and learning how I love the serenity um, prayer, you know, having the wisdom to know the difference, but more than anything, knowing what I can change, accepting what I can't and the mo- having the wisdom to know the difference. I think that is so why and fantastic. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Um, well, just as a disclaimer, I'm not sure I've discovered it, but I definitely know that it has to do with communication. And if anything, it's, it's about, I guess for now, I feel like it's about inspiring people to care more about themselves. That is the thing that makes me the happiest and most excited and diving or swimming with dolphins. But other than that, I just love communication and I love my, I know that I've come here to this world to show people a different perspective on health and on well-being and show people how connecting with yourself is the coolest thing you may ever do. And um, having said that, before you mentioned that people can get the book on my website, if you do forget my name or anything, you can get the book on Amazon. You just have to type in Shine Brighter Every Day and it'll come up. So but the book is available on Amazon, too, and it's it'll be available in lots of bookstores around the country. Yeah. Um, since the 26th of May, it came out, so it'll, it'll be easy to find. Yeah. But more than anything, I think my life's purpose is about sharing my perspective on life with people. I think life gave me a different perspective. I actually literally see the world differently, just like you, Richard. As, <laughs> yes, I I do tend to see you it a little differently. Literally see the world differently. I I, I uh, and I um, uh, have a hard time sometimes explaining my views to my family, so I I usually don't. <laughs> Just because I I, I want to avoid the uh, the confusion and and uh, we've actually touched base a couple of times over the last few weeks and uh, through Zoom and it's really been kind of nice to see family. Not the same as obviously being in contact and connected and hugging and all of that kind of stuff, but. Hey, it's the next best thing, and we'll get back to that eventually. I, I really do believe that. And uh, we will uh, also get back to you. I would love to have you back on the program in the not-too-distant future to continue our conversation. And I thank you again for joining us, and I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast, love to love.